Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Odin's Movie Blog. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy Saturday. Also, happy New Year to everyone, since I believe we have not had a stream since the New Year began. So thank you so very much for being here this evening. We're going to be talking about the best films of 2019 tonight, what my preliminary list is looking like, what maybe some of your favorite films of 2019 are. And, of course, we'll be talking about the rise of Skywalker box office and just where this film is going to end up. Based on my early projections, it seems like the film will cross the billion dollar mark, but the giant question mark still remains how much across a billion dollars will it actually reach? Will it be able to surpass films like The Joker? Will it possibly be able to get to that 1.1, even 1.2 billion dollar range? Based on the numbers that we have coming in, it seems very questionable about whether it'll reach the 1.2 billion dollar range at this point in time, but that's the kind of stuff that we'll be talking about tonight as well. So how is everyone doing in the chat? We got some D-Live people. Captain Peabody is over there on the D-Live. We've also got some people already in the YouTube chats. We got Stephanie and uh, we got Stephanie B and Tina. How are my Valkyries doing? Hope y'all doing great. We got Keck44, Mike and Martinez, Slicer Neons, Cupcake Geek, Rhaegar Targaryen, Father Christopher Miller, Teresa Martin, Apollo Patriot is here also. Uh, we've got Hyper and X13, Dory the Hobbit, Zacharot. Cupcake Geek says, love the new intro. Odin, well, thank you very much, Cupcake Geek. I, <laughs> Cupcake Geek, I decided to add that to the live stream beginning, so that way we have the official intro when we're about to begin. Uh, so hopefully everything came through okay. Hopefully it wasn't too loud uh, for anyone out there. Alex McCarthy says, howdy, Odin, how's it going? Lots of people here, so stop. Uh, so stopping by to say Gary had a comic book store. Yes, allegedly. He had a comic book store back in the day. We hear about it all the time, but I'm still starting to question whether or not it's real or not. Did we ever actually see the comic store? Have we actually seen him inside said comic book store? I have a lot of questions and a lot of doubts. <laughs> uh, Charlie Chan, what's going on? Soul Assassin is here. Super Anime Gamer, hey what is up, my dude? What is going on, Super Anime Gamer? Slice of Neon says, Odin's alive. No, no Slice of Neons, you're alive. Hypernex13 says, love the new intro. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Laura, Ryan stole my fanfiction story. Your new intro video is intense. Well, thank you very much. Hopefully, uh, it's good. Hopefully, that hopefully most people are enjoying it. Based on the comments from the more recent videos, since I've been adding it on, most people's comments at some point or another has been like, love the new intro. So I'm glad to hear that it's getting a lot of positive reaction. Not a bad seven bucks to spend. Uh, so I was very happy with the overall product. Uh, Teresa Martin th is already putting her stuff out there. She's like, John Wick 3. Hey, John Wick 3 is definitely on my list. That is for sure. All right, let's see. Where are we in the chat? Chat's already jumping up on me already. We got JJ in the chat as well. What is going on, JJ? Alex McCarthy says, Commando is the best movie of 2019. The problem is, Alex McCarthy, you little troll, is that Commando did not come out in 2019. Obviously, it came out in the 1980s, which I am slowly but surely starting to actually watch some films from. So if you've been watching the Welcome to Asgard channel, which is my secondary channel, uh, find the links for it in the description of the video, that is where I've been posting a lot of uh, smaller reviews for movies, like retro movies, movies from the 1980s mostly, uh, one movie from the 90s today as well. And uh, yeah, it's been really cool to be watching a lot of these movies that I've never seen before, including The Last Starfighter, which I had never seen prior to yesterday, 
And oh man, that film was fantastic. Was very, very happy with that film. Um, Bruce, I know, had sent it my way and it said that that was a movie that he thought could possibly get remade today with better upgraded effects. But to be perfectly honest, I just don't even want them to touch that because there are so many things that happened in that movie that we don't think is problematic. But because we're now in 2020 and especially in 2019, uh, I just don't trust modern day Hollywood really to be able to handle that film the way that it should, respecting the source material, respecting the way that it originally was without adding some type of woke narrative to it. Unfortunately, though, unfortunately, because I think that it could definitely benefit from better effects. Uh, Bruce says, glad you watched and like watched and liked What About Bob? Yes. Yeah, so I have finally seen What About Bob? So that was sent to me also by Bruce on DVD. Finally watched that today. And yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Gave it a solid B. It wasn't a, for me, roll on the floor at, you know, with laughter type film. It wasn't hilarious, at least for me. I think, to be honest, I was getting a lot of people tweeting at me for my review, just quotes from the movie. And I think just that alone made me laugh more than the actual quotes in the movie itself. That's not to say that it's a bad movie by any means. I thoroughly enjoyed it because Bill Murray is just a likable guy. He's always played that very likable character. And sometimes he plays these very eccentric characters, but they're still very likable. So overall, I thought What About Bob was fantastic. So thank you, Bruce, for sending that my way. Um, But... I can sail. Mikey Martinez, I watched yesterday last night, and it was such a heartwarming film. For anyone that hasn't seen it yet, I would recommend giving it a watch. Yeah, that is also going to be a film that I'll be talking about a little bit tonight because, yeah, it is fantastic. It's a very interesting concept for those that don't know about it. We'll we'll talk a little bit about it as we go through my list of movies. But, yeah, it's pretty fantastic, I would say. Clark Kent, don't forget, 1917 is opening worldwide next week. It could push Rise of Skywalker to number two at the box office. I think it will. Uh, By the very fact that The Rise of Skywalker is plummeting in the box office, it had a 59% drop on Friday. Yesterday, it had a 59% drop from last weekend. It is projected to drop around 49 to 50% this weekend, uh, making around $36 million, meaning it's going to make about $10 million a day. And when you take that into account and you realize that 1917, which I think is a very well-promoted film, very hyped film among film lovers at the very least, that film is definitely going to be making more than the what likely will be another 50% drop for Rise of Skywalker next weekend. And it's not because I think that the film is just going to be bringing that many more people to the theater. We're talking about 1917. I think it's just that people have, if you've wanted to see Rise of Skywalker, you've already seen it. And based on my interactions with people that have seen it, they don't really feel the need to see it again in theaters. And so I think that the reason why the film is petering off so quickly is because it does not have that rewatchability factor. Some people might think it does, but based on the box office, it just doesn't seem to be the case. Now, is it still going to cross a billion? Yes. Is it still going to break even? It only needs to make so much more money. It only needs to make so much more to actually break even. So... Uh, yeah, I think that it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Clark Kent, thank you very much for reminding me, though, that 1917 is indeed opening worldwide next weekend, and I plan to go see that baby opening night. I found a way to allegedly watch the first five minutes of it, and I realized, you know what? I'm not watching it this way. I need to see this movie in theaters because it just looks spectacular. It was a movie that I was already planning to see in theaters, but I figured I kind of want to get my top ten movie list out already, and that's the only movie that I'm waiting to watch right now. There's a couple other films that I have some general interest interest in seeing but 1917 is like the one film that is like at the top of my list of films I have to see before I make my official top 10 list because the cinematography for that film alone and all the people attached to it 
technically speaking. It just screams a film that Odin would probably thoroughly enjoy, and I really do think I will. So I'm I'm holding off on making my official list until I finally see that. All right, let's see. Hypernex13. Good to see you, dude. Saw 12 Angry Men, and it's a masterpiece, not counting the remake. 10 out of 10. Yeah, the remake, screw that. Screw the remake. No, the original black and white film, there's a, a copy available on Criterion. It is freaking fantastic. It is one of my all-time favorite films, and the fact that they're able to bring the staged version into a very well-made uh, cinematic version where it basically is like a play in and of itself it's just masterful, and every actor in that movie is freaking brilliant, and if you have ever been a fan of The Twilight Zone, if you watch that film, you'll realize, wait a minute, a lot of these actors have been in a Twilight Zone episode or two or three, or vice versa. If you watch Twilight Zone after seeing that, you'll say, oh my goodness, that was this person, this person. There were so many great actors in that movie, which is the reason why. It had great writing, great direction, great acting, literally everything. It ticks off all the boxes, and I subjectively love it, so... Uh, that's the reason why, overall, it's still one of my all-time favorites. Um, we got Lost Soldier 212 in the chat. Zach Gregg's in the chat. Michael Thompson is in the chat as well. I notice you. I see you. But as you all know, if you have a comment or question that you want me to read aloud specifically, just type in Odin question, all one word, Odin question, and put your comment right next to that. It'll highlight orange in my chat, and then I'll know you're trying to get my attention. Uh, let's see. Tina B says, we haven't seen as the... As the chat jumps on me, because that is just what happens. Uh, while I'm trying to pull this back up, uh, Captain Dean Heist is celebrating a three-month anniversary sub streak over on DLive. So, Captain Dean Heist, thank you very much, man, for that. I really do appreciate it. While Captain Peabody says, realize why you haven't seen movies I sent. They are still packed away, so that's fair enough. You will get them eventually. Exactly, Peabody. Yes. Yeah, so, unfortunately... I think I've been mentioning it in the videos that I've been reviewing. There's a lot of movies that I have that have been sent to me that are currently packed away. And as I've mentioned previously, I don't really plan to unpack them since we're probably moving in the next month or so. And I'd rather not have to unpack and then repack everything. So there's some movies that I have, all the ones that have been sent to me since I've been here in Tennessee. They're readily available. They're on the shelf right next to me. Um, and there were maybe a few films that I got right before we left that I never got to actually fully pack. And I have those in a box in the back. But yeah, uh, so that's the reason why I, I've fallen behind. But I am starting to. I'm finally watching some of these movies. So again, welcome to Asgard. You can follow my uh, progress through those films. Um, but yeah. All right. But thank you very much, man, for, for understanding. I, trust me, I, I, I plan to watch all of the movies that I have been sent. And I will say this much, that at the very least, summertime, I'll have a lot more free time and definitely be able to have uh, more time to watch. Of course, we've got spring break, Easter break, things like that, that'll be coming up this semester. And so I'll have, I'll have some moments where I'll be able to sit back, relax, and be able to enjoy some of the films that I have been sent. All right, it looks like the chat has jumped on me. We must have a lot of people in here tonight because uh, the way that it's been working ever since Streamlabs OBS updated is that now the chat's no longer integrated into uh, basically... OBS Streamlabs does not work seamlessly with Restream, which is how I stream to both DLive and YouTube at the same time anymore. It used to work very well, but now I have to have a popped-up window, and so I never really know how many people are watching. So let me see here. We've got 75 people watching. So the, the chat is just, you know, not a record. The chat's just jumping tonight. So thank you all so much for being so active in the chat. I appreciate it. Uh, but unfortunately, Tina's comment that I was about to read, I was not able to get to in time. Uh, but Captain Peabody, I get to your comment over on DLive first. He says, 1917, I thought was bad, so you should love it. And they do have the line, do you know the way? Oh, do you know the way, my friend? 
Oh, you know, do you know the way? I'm sad that you hated it, Peabody. Why do you always hate really good movies and love really bad movies? I don't understand it. It's like you and Alex McCarthy should start a channel where it's like, let's let's start the bad movie channel. <laughs> the Bad Movie Lovers Club. I don't even think that made any sense. Uh, Michael Thompson, thank you very much for the $10 Super Chat, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He says, love the channel. Uh, love the channel, man. You bring something different than the usual ranting. Well, thank you, Michael Thompson. I really do appreciate that very much so. I'm glad that you are enjoying it. Uh, please let me know if you have any questions in the chat. Uh, Father Christopher Miller, hail Father. Uh, he says, I have never seen Top Secret. You're right, I have never seen Top Secret. Apollo Patriot, I really love Greek mythology. It's fascinating. It is definitely a fascinating subject. And with a name like Apollo Patriot, I can only imagine that you have an interest in that. Apollo Patriot, do you think it's Hades doing this to Disney? <laughs> No, I think it's human beings doing this to Disney. It's human nature, uh, which has been corrupted by things like greed and ego. And I think all of that is the reason why Disney's in the state that it's in and why Star Wars is in the state that it's in at this point in time. Uh, Cupcake Geek says, love the new intro. Odin will thank you, Cupcake Geek. I appreciate it. Um, oh, wait a minute. It didn't skip. I just went back all the way to the beginning. <laughs> Oh, man. Can you tell that it's been a while? Because it's been a while. Now we have Tina. All right, I got back to your original comment. We haven't seen the inside of Gary's alleged comic book store. Haven't seen your alleged movie blog either. <laughs> uh, check out blog, Blogspot. Type in just in Google, Odin's movie blog, Blogspot, and you'll find the old movie blog. There was also one, actually, if you want to go back even further, go to Odin, Odin777.tumblr.com or something like that. Uh, I have an old Tumblr account from when I used to cover uh, movies as well. Uh, Captain Wingster, Odin Senpai, it's been a little while. Why do you keep saying Star Wars will make over a billion? I'm going to live in a different reality writing blog posts about toxic men. Well, good good for you, Captain Wingster. I hope that works out for you. <laughs> I hope that works out well for you. But I keep saying that because it's just simply the, the way the world is. Because based on these numbers, let, let me try and just break it down for you, all right? Most movies, most big budget movies will make between 70% and 50% of their entire box office in the first 2 weeks. So in order for Star in order for Rise of Skywalker to not reach a billion dollars, that would mean it would have had to have made 75 to 80% of its entire box office in the first 2 weeks, which is incredibly rare to happen. Is it possible? Sure. It's incredibly rare. You add into that the fact that we're still in the holiday season. Obviously, people are going to be going back to school uh, this coming week. And very little competition, which is not going to end until mid-January or so, when there's actual films coming out that are going to be, you know, I guess technically you could say 1917's release. Getting a wide release, that's definitely going to provide some competition. But as far as other films that are actually going to take away similar fan base of the people going to see Star Wars going, we don't really have that coming out until probably mid-late January. And so I think that all of these things take into account and also just looking to the history of how the box office has worked previously, there just doesn't really seem to be a scenario where it doesn't cross a billion dollars. Is it possible? Absolutely. Anything is possible. The, the legs on that film could just completely dry up. We're just not seeing that right now. The fact that the film is set to make around $36 million domestically and cross $900 million internationally this weekend is pretty much indicative of the fact that it will eventually cross a billion dollars. But it looks like it might have to struggle its way past the billion and not be the sure thing that many people said that it was going to for a long time. Cupcake Geek. 
What is going on, Cupcake Geek? He says, I just got back from a holiday, and on the flight home, I watched Detective Pikachu. So good. Also, I really like Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw I was not a fan of. I, I just, if the film had ended at the first ending, and if you've seen the movie, you know what I mean, where it just, it seems like a natural place to end the movie, and basically not going to freaking uh, the Philippines or whatever is that they, or Samoa, you know, not going there, I think it would have been better, but the fact, <laughs> fact that they just kept going it just was too much for me also roman reigns inability to act was just a little too much for me to handle detective pikachu though is a fantastic movie uh if you want to have a great family film to watch a family that i mean a film that's meant for the whole family ryan reynolds doing the voice of pikachu hey i don't i don't know what else i could i could uh sell you on there uh, Super Anime Gamer, I'm good, thanks, just finished watching The Two Popes. Hopkins and Price are fantastic, and the cinematography is ridiculous. I'm assuming you mean ridiculously awesome. That is a movie on my to-watch list. I'm probably going to like that film, uh, just because of the nature of the film itself, and having followed a lot of the pontificate of Francis and Benedict previously, but I've been holding off on it a little bit because obviously it is a Netflix movie, and we all know that when it comes to Netflix, Hollywood in general, they're not really that fair when it comes to their coverage of the church, and so I'm kind of hesitant because I'm afraid of them trying to spin uh, Benedict in a certain way or Francis in a certain way, and that's why I've been kind of holding off on it. So I think I'm going to like it, but I think because of those reservations, it probably won't actually pick up into the one of my all-time favorites, uh, or my fa- one of my all-time favorites of 2019 at the very least. Uh, Phonemo is in the D-Live chat. Captain Peabody, Phonemo, Captain Peabody, uh, thank you very much for letting him know what the title is. We got Kentucky Boy 88 and Carrot in the chat as well. Uh, jumping back over to YouTube, Slice of Neons. Actually, the intro is more in-house than intense. Actually, the intro is more in-house than intense. I see what you did there. Took me a second, but I see what you did there. You little smart aleck. Apollo Patriot, I want to see 1917, he says. I do as well. The cinematography looks fantastic. Mike Martinez, Ford v. Ferrari was fantastic. Might be my favorite of 2019. It's a great film. The big issue that I have with it is I just don't feel like the film I could watch over and over and over again. That could easily change. Again, I have not seen it a second time because I just don't really feel the need to watch it a second time but maybe if I did maybe if there's ever a situation where maybe my wife wants to watch it one night or something to that effect maybe I will watch it in the future but it's a film I don't really I don't I have no plans to buy it Uh, so if someone buys it for me obviously well then I'll have it available but it's not really a film I feel like I need to have in my collection that's just me though it's still a very good film. Bruce says, I have a new keyboard now so I can keep up with the chat this time. Awesome, Bruce. Yeah, glad to hear that the keys, hopefully all the keys are actually working. <laughs> Hi, everyone, X13. Hey, dude, just wondering, did you get my email for the Super Showdown Bowl Part 3? Yes, I did, just have not had time to watch it. Laura says, clarification, your new intro is intense in a good way. That's what I figured. That's what I figured and I had hoped. Charlie Chan, is the new Little Women woke? Well, Here's the thing. I've never seen the original. I've never read the book. Based on the trailer, it seems to be. It seems like they have changed certain things. They've, I guess, not modernized because it's still set in a certain time in history. But it does seem like Greta Gerwig, who I just think is the, one of the most overrated actresses, directors, writers in Hollywood today. Uh, it does look like she probably stressed certain things more so than the other films have. But I can't confirm that because... I've never seen the original, and I have no desire to see it either. doesn't really scream to me. <laughs> In the words of, of Brie Larson, it wasn't made for me. 
And I think that honestly, this one wasn't made for me and not in the way of it not being made for anyone. Uh, just me personally, it just doesn't really call out to. Uh, Father Christopher Miller says, 80s aren't retro. Well, they kind of are, man. <laughs> Father, I hate, to, I hate to say it, man. Uh, but 80s are definitely in that retro mix. Captain Wingster, Odin, have you seen Tango and Cash? I've never seen Tango and Cash. Cupcake Geek, when will you host the Raven Awards? The Raven Awards will be the same night as the Oscars. So the same night as the Oscars. And so let me go ahead and pull that up. Oscars 2020. So the Raven Awards will be February 9th. So it'll be February 9th. That will be a Sunday. And the stream will start from probably the very beginning of the Oscars and go all the way until the Oscars end. And we'll do our own award ceremony boycott. And I know that Greta, if she's, if she's going to be watching that night, she'll probably pop in and post some Oscars results. I won't be following the Oscars because that's the whole point of it is that it's an Oscars boycott. Um, so that's going to be when the Oscars themselves uh, are, or when the Raven awards, the second annual Wednesday Raven awards are going to happen. And then as far as the actual nominations go, I think I'm going to try and line it up this year with the uh, nominations for the Oscars as well, just to kind of add to that boycott. So normally they do a live stream. So normally they have some type of a live stream with that. So I'm thinking of maybe trying to set my <laughs> to set mine to announce, you know, schedule my video with uh, with the Wednesday Raven Award nominations to announce at the same time, because that could be a lot of fun. But it looks like... The Oscar nominations are going to be announced. I want to say end of January. I don't want to sign up for your subscription service, New York Times. Why would I? That just sounds silly. Um, Let's see here. Nominations are announced January 13th. All right, cool. So the nominee, or is that the Governor Awards? Is that the Governor Awards? presentations no never mind so the nominees are going to be announced january 13th cool so i'll make uh so therefore the nominations uh so valkyrie if y'all can post a link to that if you want to vote for nominees if you want to recommend people and films for the nominees for the wednesday raven awards uh the valkyrie are going to be posting a link to a crowd uh not what is, what is it called crowdsource crowd something uh basically it's just a way it's a it's a little thing you can just you can type in any nomination you want you can fill out all the categories you can fill out half the categories it's really up to you but you have nominations for things like best movie of the year uh the kathleen kennedy ryan johnson award for excellence in crap world building uh lifetime achievement award best original story film uh best low budget film most unnecessary remake things like that you also have npc of the year shill of the year and a lot of other fun categories like that. So those will be closing on the 12th. So nominations, you will not be able to nominate after the 12th. So if you've got a lot of films to look at or need some time to actually be able to fill things out, make sure you get on that. Alrighty, let's see. Uh, Lost Soldier 212. Hey, brother, it was great seeing you on Midnight's Edge. I put Joker as my number one film of 2019. That's subjective and objective. I think that, objectively speaking, it is one of the best films of 2019. There is no argument there, for sure. And that's a very good number one pick. Absolutely, man. And thank you. Yeah, it was great to be invited on to Midnight's Edge. And I had a good time over there. It was a very good discussion. Uh, Tina, thank you very much for letting them know how to contact me. Father Christopher Miller, baby steps, Father says. Yes, indeed. Uh, that's a what about Bob reference. Laura says, have you seen Groundhog's Day? Yes. Yes, I have seen Groundhog's Day several times. Steven Glasker, is Alita Battle Angel in your top 10? It could be. It very well could be Steven Glasker. Maybe not in the position that many people think it might have been. Because it was at one point, 
my number one film of the year. But then a lot of other films came out. Some people might be upset with that. However, I'll let y'all know what it is in a second. Mike Martinez, Joker comes out on Blu-ray this Tuesday. Can't wait to pick it up. Yeah, man, I've already pre-ordered mine. A uh, bunch of people won copies of Joker on 4K and Blu-ray. Those will be shipping out this week. Uh, looks like Amazon maybe got backed up with orders because some that are supposed to have shipped by the 7th when it releases aren't going to be shipping out or arriving until January 9th. And then there's a couple of people living in certain locations where I think it's like the 10th or 11th. But those were already pre-ordered if you won that contest, if you won that giveaway uh, not too long ago. So anyway, yes, it comes out this Tuesday, though, if you want to buy your own copy. I got a Steelbook edition, 4K Steelbook from Best Buy. Cannot wait to pick that up. I think it's going to be a great release. Tina says, I saw What About Bob years ago, and the only thing I came out of it thinking was, Richard Dreyfus, why haven't you hired a hitman to get rid of Bob? <laughs> I was going to think, why don't you just call the cops to, to arrest him for coming to your private home? <laughs> but obviously, I think it all works within the context of the film. Alice McCarthy, I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. Another What About Bob reference. Uh, Tucka, what's going on, Tucka? Uh, what should Marvel do now since they don't have a superhero team-based movie series? Well, they they do. They still have the Avengers. The Avengers will be returning. Uh, based on what I've been following, you've got films like Black Widow coming out next year. You got the Eternals coming out next year as well, and it's all going to be a part of the next phase, building up to what eventually will be the next Marvel Avengers film. It'll be a new Avengers type sequence. But yeah, the Avengers aren't going anywhere. That's still very much a part of their plan. Uh, there will be at least another, uh, in fact, I would say not even just at least one. There's going to be several, probably, Avengers films. As long as they keep making money, they're going to keep on making them. And that's going to be the big question mark, is will they continue to make money now that you have the loss of people like Iron Man, etc.? Are, are these secondary characters and these, I guess, more politically motivated characters, I think one could argue, are they going to be enough to bring in the audiences or not? I think that it's definitely a good... Um, it's a good question to ask. Uh, jumping over to DLive for a second. Captain Peabody says, 1917, uh, objectively speaking, the cinematography was good. Dialogue is terrible. Acting is okay. Storyline is basic. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Peabody. He also says, 1917, take a friend who can nudge you when you fall asleep. You see, I think I'm not going to fall asleep, though. I, know I can get tired in films, but if the cinematography is as great as the first five minutes looked, I'm going to be hooked the entire time. Because things like that, like, I, I become a nerd when it comes to cinematography, and so if it's as good as the first five minutes, especially since, for those that don't know, one of the big, some say gimmick, I say one of the cool elements of 1917 is that it's all shot as one take. So it starts off, uh, just like spoiling the first five minutes, it starts off on basically a field, it backs up, reveals certain things, and then follows people, and it look it's all one shot. And just as... The skill that it takes and the choreography of all the actors that it takes to get that type of sequence is impressive every single time I see it. So uh, it's it's definitely on my top uh, top things to look forward to for sure. And that's why I can't wait for next week to go see it. Phone Nemo. I'm pretty sure you haven't seen a single movie at this point. Not seeing Tango and Cash. Good Lord. I, I, I'm working on it, man. I, I have officially gotten, what, three or four films that were sent to me uh, taken care of. So I'm, I'm getting there. 
I'm getting there. Uh, Peabody, thank you for letting me know how it happens. And Kentucky, uh, Kentucky Boy 88, thank you very much for uh, following me over on DLive. I appreciate it. Jumping back over to YouTube, Slice of Neon says, 2020 looks to be a promising time of hope, peace, and understanding. Wait, election year, better start praying. Yeah, seriously, absolutely. Uh, I don't very, I don't have a lot of high hopes for the culture in 2020. Uh, if you thought 2019 was bad, uh, just wait until it gets close to October and November. I think that the culture is just going to go crazy, especially if all of this talk of fighting and war and, and troops and everything, if, if all that stuff goes haywire, uh, it's going to be a disgusting uh, politically and culturally this year, I think. Bruce says, two down, 15 to go, movies that he has sent. That's right, because Bruce has indeed kept the list of the movies he sent me. I'm glad that you have, because there are some movies where I'm like, I, I think Bruce sent this to me because he sent me the most films, but I know that there's been other people that have sent me films too, uh, and, but most of them have been from Bruce. Uh, John Early, All Father, I know this is off topic, but I asked your rival, John Campy, about whether I should watch the theatrical cuts of Lord of the Rings or the extended cuts, and he said theatrical. Did he really? It depends on what you're trying to watch it for. If you've never seen it before, you might do better watching the theatrical because it is shorter and you'll get through them all more quickly. However, which versions are better? The extended. Uh, I think the extended editions are so much better. They give you so much more detail. They give you so much more story. And overall, I think it just it creates what's already an epic story into an even more epic story. So, yeah, um, Campia can have his own opinion on that. But I think that anyone in the chat will tell you the extended editions of Lord of the Rings are better. But for your first time, if it is your first time, you know, theatrical might might be better suited for you. Uh, as it says, you want to you want to tip your foot in the water before diving in all the way sometimes. And I think that if you think, oh, OK, I'm going to watch the four hour cut of every one of these movies, you might get discouraged early on. So it might be, it might be, might be better to watch the theatricals first. But the correct answer in its entirety, watch the theatrical first so that you can then watch the extended editions. Uh, Hardwick, is there any chance that you will rescore your new intro with Ride of the Valkyries? <laughs> uh, probably not, man. Probably not. Because uh, that would require a lot of editing and such that I just, I don't have the talent for. <laughs> Uh, Mikey Martinez uh, says 1917 looks phenomenal. I'm planning on seeing it sometime next weekend. Very cool, man. Yeah, I'm planning to see that opening night. I'm definitely planning to see that opening night. All right. Uh, chat jumped on me once again. Uh, now it looks like there are some people that have been skipped. Uh, Tina at 7.12 p.m. said that there were now 98 people watching. So hello to the 98 people watching. Please smash the like button. It really would mean a lot. David S. at 7.12 in the chat says, Hey, Odin, it's me, David. How are you? Did you watch The Witcher? Great for the audience and fantastic for the fan. I have seen the entire Witcher series, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a very well-done series. I think many people's argument that it's taking the place or it's filling the gap of what was left behind by Game of Thrones is, is pretty accurate. I think that it definitely fits that fantasy narrative. I do have issues with the very gratuitous and, to me, pointless nudity. I know that there's some people that are going to argue saying, oh, no, no, but it's a reference to the game. It's a reference to the game. And that's all fine and dandy, but when you have it in there and it doesn't need to be in there and the story would continue without it, then it doesn't need to be in there. So uh, that's just that's the religion teacher in me talking, man. So... <laughs> But I do like the series. I think the series is solid for sure. Hypernex13 from 12 Angry Men is saying, uh, Juror 8, I'm just saying, Rise of Skywalker, not passing a billion is possible. Juror 3, well, what do you mean it's possible? It's already a hit. What do you mean it's possible? Uh, what a great film. 
Uh, Stephen Glasker, also think Jumanji should be on the list. Just saw it, and it was fantastic. Stephen Glasker, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I liked it too. Not enough to make it onto my list, though. That I will tell you that much. That is not enough to make it onto my list. Michael Martinez, The Dark Knight Rises was voted best film of the decade by LAD Bible, beating The Wolf of Wall Street, Inception, and Toy Story 3. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's nonsense, Mikey Martinez. Best film of the decade to The Dark Knight Rises? Hey, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Dark Knight trilogy, with the exception of Dark Knight Rises, which I think is by far the weakest of the films. It's still good. It's still a Christopher Nolan movie. You know, it's still technically good. I just didn't enjoy it. But best film of the decade, hell to the no. Absolutely not. You would have to put films like Whiplash up there. You'd have to put films like, oh my goodness, one with Jake Gyllenhaal, Nightcrawler, into that list as well. Um, There's a plethora of other films that would be far above and beyond what The Dark Knight Rises did. Hardwick says, Molly Fitzgerald, who plays the showgirl Howard Stark kissed at the Stark Expo in Captain Captain America First Avenger, has been arrested and charged with stabbing her mother to death. Wait, in real life? That's not good. No, 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 no. Uh, Robert Harp says, Just Mercy looks pretty good. Um, I just have no interest in it. I feel like I've seen that story told a thousand times now. Like, it might be its own unique story about an actual event, but I just feel like I've seen that movie already. I feel like there's been other films that have covered that, that same type of sentiment of, oh, wait, there's injustice in the criminal justice system, and we're going to showcase that injustice, and we're going to seek redemption. I just, I'm tired of it, to be honest. I think that if we're going to tell stories about hardship, let's start to tell different stories. That's just me, though. Uh, Sasha Dion's All Father needs some defense classes to stop getting jumped. Yeah, seriously, man. Absolutely. Uh, Rosetta Allen, they may like bad movies, but they know more about the 80s than you do. Yes, but I'm slowly, slowly but surely adding to my 80s knowledge. Alice McCarthy, I don't always love bad movies. Watched Hellboy 2019 today and thought it was meh. Yeah, yeah, I would hope not because, yeah, there were some film. I will say this much. There were some things about that movie that I didn't hate. Doesn't mean that I liked it. (laughs) Teresa Martin, uh, just after becoming a patron, Happy New Year. Oh, well, thank you very much, Teresa Martin. Thank you very much. I thought I saw your name pop up. So thank you very much uh, for joining at the Chosen of Valhalla uh, level. Thank you. Thank you very much. And so the way that it works is that uh, it'll be processed, I think, February 1st. And so you'll be added to the uh, the Twitter chat, things like that in February. So thank you very much, though, Teresa. I really do appreciate that. Thanks for jumping on. Zach Gregg, I saw The Rise of Palpatine, and it's eh, too many plot holes. Yeah, way too many plot holes, and it's a giant mess. It's also just a narrative mess. It's two or three films crammed into about two hours. That's, that's, not, that's not how you make a good movie. Uh, Mega Martinez, I don't really care about the supposed J.J. cut. Disney should just move on from this trilogy. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I've mentioned this on Midnight's Edge and on Friday Night Tights. I don't think this J.J. cut would make any difference. Yeah, it, at the very least, it would be more, it would work, if you know what I mean. It would make more sense. It would, at the very least, be a film that you could follow, and that would at least make some sense, <laughs> logically. Basically, that I don't think it would be a mess, the supposed J.J. cut. It wouldn't be a mess, but just because a film's not a mess doesn't mean that it's going to be a good movie. So it, re- it just wouldn't change my opinion on any of that. Uh, Captain Mr. Roy over on DLive, dude. Holy crap. Thank you for dropping three diamond donations over there. No message, just dropping the diamonds. Thank you, Captain Mr. Roy. I appreciate it, man. 
And Phone Emo asks, I'd have to go with Nightcrawler as the best film of the decade. I think that's a great shout. That film is absolutely fantastic. I absolutely agree with that decision. Um, let's see. Clark Kent says, if Rise of Skywalker makes a billion, it breaks even. It needs to make 1.5 to 1.6 billion to make a profit. Uh, no. So, uh, Clark Kent, it needs to make just about 30 million more. So, it will, uh, there's a very good chance it breaks even this weekend. If it makes it to that $920 million worldwide, um, I'll put it into my uh, box office. In fact, let me go ahead and just put that in now. Uh, that way we can, I can let you know. So let's assume right now the projection is that it'll get around 920 million by the end of this weekend. Uh, so 920, uh, hold on, let's see, 